uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast, episode 54. We are exactly one year into the podcast. Thank you to those who have been listening from the start. Maybe you're just tuning in today. This is all about the music industry. We have artists on, we have band managers on, we have people front of house, we have people backstage, we have photographers, anyone in the music industry we have on the Street Press podcast. And we don't just have the big artists, but we also have the emerging ones too. And uh, it's been a great year, whether I had COVID or whether I was really hungover. We, uh, we still always recorded an episode and uh, the majority have had interviews, obviously, from people from the industry. This week, a really special guest. we got one half of Juno. They're a Brizzy uh, duo. They're a two-piece pop outfit. And we've got Kalia jumping on the show today. They haven't been around too long. They've only been around for like the last two years or just under that. And they've already gone on to do some pretty big things. They've had a national tour. They've supported the likes of Peking Dark, Pacific Avenue. They're doing pretty well for a band that's only been around for less than two years. We talk about their latest single, Moon Boy, which I really rate. Uh, if you love your funky alt pop, you've got to check this song out, Moon Boy. I have, uh, I've passed it on to other people that I know in the industry in hopes that it will get more airtime. I think it's a really great tune. Uh, we talk about the band's TikTok game and how strong they are with it, with making their own videos. Obviously, these days, it's not just about making music. It's also about creating video content that is catchy, that people love. Um, we talk about their tours. We talk about what it's like to live in a house of seven people and everyone's a musician. I'm kind of envious of it. I think it's so cool. I think, you know, if you're living in a big household full of musos, you can just bounce off each other. You can bounce your ideas off. There's probably a few people down the hall that might be able to go, hey, you know, you can do this to your song. Everyone in that house can make it better. Uh, we also talk about the new song that's on the way for Juno, and they'll be hitting the road in September, and I'm really keen to check them out. All right, here's my chat with Kalia from Juno. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Pretty good. Good. Basically, the podcast is happening already, so... Uh... Great. Cool. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> so don't start spelling my secrets. That's no, that's all right. Hey, before we before we really get into the crux of it, uh, Moon Boy, love the song. I passed it on to the guys at iHeartRadio. I was like, you have to listen to this tune. That's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you like it. No, it's a cracking tune. What have you been doing today? I just went and, um, cause we're shooting a music video tonight for our next single. So I just went and got styled, which is a new thing for me. Um, yeah, it was so good. And she just like picked up my outfit and we, we worked on the accessories and everything. And yeah, so I just spent the morning trying on clothes. It was great. <laughs> hard life. It's a really hard life. 
Yeah. That's cool. I've watched um I've watched some of your videos. Very creative. I saw the one with the uh tomato sauce as the toothpaste. Um yeah. <laughs> are you <laughs> Are you guys coming up with the ideas for all your music videos? Yeah, we are. Yeah. I, I think I just love visuals that are a little bit unhinged and a bit weird. Cause like, I don't want anything too normal. I feel like when people are scrolling on their feeds, like we have this one visual in that same music video where I'm like throwing up blue drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's super gross, but like it made people stop and like engage with it and be, and that's kind of what I want. Like I like the shock value of it. That's it. And we're in that day and age where if someone's looking at their phone, their attention span's not that good these days, let's be honest. Everything needs to be quite visually appealing. And I find with your videos or the ones I've seen so far, I've seen the shorts as well. They're all engaging, very good, uh, snappy sort of videos. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think me and Sam are both people who have short attention spans too. So we only watch short things that actually engage us. So I think we, we come at our art from that perspective as well. Because like at the end of the day, we want people... Like we're making our music because we love it, obviously, but we want people to listen to it and 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 watch it and care about it. And I think creating visuals that, you know, are popping with colour and weird things and interesting things. And even for this next single, it's a little bit moodier and and more emotional and finding ways to do that within that kind of sound as well has been really interesting. But I, I think it's kind of important in this day and age. One of the crazy things with you guys is this you've only been around for what, two years or something? Yeah, a bit less than two years, I think. But two, uh, one and a half, I think. Yeah. And the quality of music that you're you're making, and the videos you're doing, not only just that, put that aside, but you've been on tour with Peking Dark. A lot has happened in under two years. Uh, how do you feel about all of that? So good. Yeah, I've been in um, I've been in a few bands before this, since I was Sam, and this is the one that's felt just the most fun, and it's grown the quickest, and um, I'm just. Yeah, we're both just so passionate about the music and it's so fun on stage too. Like we've got a really fun band behind us and everything's just really good. There's no toxicity. There's no drama. It's just creating things that we like. It's good. You found your person to write music and record music with. You were just yeah. talking about on stage stuff. Now, I know that you guys can play as a two-piece, but you can expand this thing out to what, 10 members if you want to. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So I think because we're in the genre of pop, um, there's lots of different kinds of shows that want different things. Like Peking Duck, for instance, we just did the DJ singing kind of vibe because that fits yeah. in with them and their music. But um, I think probably my favorite version of Juno is when we get um, the five piece slash, yeah, it can go up to like 10, yeah. a 10 piece. So trumpet and sax and a percussion player because just why not? Um, but yeah, it's fun. It, I think the best part about that is you just look around, you got all your mates up on stage and you're just having a good time. So our music's very like energetic and fun. So everyone's just having a bit of a dance and a good time. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's very euphoric. I, I'm guessing the nerves are a lot less when you've got 10 people on stage compared to when you're just up there rocking it with two. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, because you got a whole bunch of people on stage who've just got your back, you know, and you've got theirs and it's good. It's it's like it's like a, a sports team. You just are all on the same page doing the same thing. It's It's awesome. And you said before you haven't like uh, just walked in off the street and just decided to play music. You've been doing it for a long time. So, so where's the story start with you? When did you first start doing it? Well, I come from a very musical family. So both my parents are musicians. My mum, she's a music teacher and she plays cello and clarinet. And then my dad used to play in a whole bunch of bands in Sydney. Um, so he like sings and plays guitar. And um, they had five children and all five of us can sing and play an instrument. 
and we had a sibling band when we were kids, (laughs) which of course, like, of course. And, um, yeah, that band went for like 12 years and it was so fun. Like we had, we had a great time together and then we just got older and we're like, I just want to do separate things now, but they're still like my best friends and we still all play music together. And then, uh, I started another band and this one was one that Sam was in and it was like more of a indie rock sort of seventies band sort of vibe. Um, but it was like super toxic and kind of sucked. So learned a lot of valuable lessons from that one. Then, yeah, then, then did this one and this one's kind of more of a funky pop sort of vibe. So I've done a few genres at this point. Um, but yeah, I think this one's my favorite so far. It's, it feels right for me, I think. Yeah, it looks like you guys are having fun and you you sound great as well. How's the writing process for for you guys? I know that Sam does a bit of the bass and the, and the producing and stuff like that. So how does that work? Well, it's really interesting. So uh, I've been writing since I was like six years old and it was always with an instrument, so either with piano or guitar. But uh, in this band, it's super different because Sam is a full-time producer. So a lot of the tracks he'll produce up almost like it's a full song and then I'll just top line over it. Um, and anytime I've tried to write a Juno song with just me and an instrument, it just, sometimes on piano, it kind of works, but it just doesn't get the right vibe as yeah. Writing over, I think, I think cause Juno is such a beat heavy yeah. band. Yeah. Like I think the groove and the beat and even Sam's baseline, it's like that, add, that's just such a big intrinsic part of the groove and the sound that we've got as a band. So yeah, he'll, he'll create the whole song basically in Ableton and then I'll top line over it. Moon Boy, especially the the bass in that, I noticed. Obviously, yeah. I've given her a few spins over the last couple of days, but the bass line in that is really creative and and really cool. Yeah, he gets a lot of compliments about it. He's such, he's just such a bassist. He even looks like a bassist like with, the, <laughs> with the long limbs and stuff. But he, it's just like it's just such a big part of our sound. His bass playing, um, yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of what he does on bass. So. Does does he play bass when you play live? How's that? How's it look? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, initially when we started Juno, for some reason, he was on guitar. I don't know why we did that. I think he, I think he felt like bass was wasn't enough of an interesting instrument for him to play live or something. I don't know. Uh, is he working with a lot of pop artists? He is. Yeah. Well, he he works with quite a wide range. He's a bit of a chameleon as a producer. So I think at the moment he's got like one indie rock band, a few pop artists. Um, his favorite genre to record is metal. Really? Um, yeah, bro. That's how, that's where he found his start in music. Um, he used to be in metal bands. So, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I think that's his favorite to record. You were saying earlier that you were in this family band. Did mum or dad help you write songs and stuff like that? No, they were really good. Like you kind of in that situation expect to, them to be that real stage parent vibe. But my parents were really like all kudos to them. They were really good at sort of like obviously they – when we all started expressing an interest in music, they really honed that, those skills and like helped us out. And dad taught us a lot of what we knew about playing instruments and how to arrange songs and stuff. But like when it came to songwriting, we were the ones that only ever songwrite. When it came to like performing on stage, they never, not once in that whole decade got up on stage with us. Like they really weren't there to make it about themselves, which I think is awesome because it can get a bit funny sometimes in that dynamic mm. um, I've seen. Yeah, that, so they were super. They were super supportive, but super hands off when it came to the actual performing and writing. And that's really good. And you're lucky in a way that um, you know your parents are musos as well, because some <laughs> some people trying to chase the dream, mum and dad don't really understand, you know. But your mum and dad would totally understand being musos. 
Oh, absolutely. It's so wild. They were, they were such good parents. Like even just like after school, they would prioritize us like having band practice rather than doing our homework. And if we missed yes. homework, they'd be like, you can do it. You can do it later. Like, don't even worry. Like, bless. It's so good. I want to be that kind of parent. That's so good. The band's getting some some play on Triple J. Uh, are you getting a lot more people, you know, getting into the band? 100%. Yeah. I, uh, up until this point, because I can, I can definitely talk from the perspective of both sides because other bands that I've been in and even like Juno's first couple of singles didn't really get a lot of Triple J traction, uh, which is fine because the songs still did their thing. But the last two singles that we've released have received Triple J support and you can definitely feel like, I think it's just like a really good thing to be able to say and like even just hear your song on the radio. I mean, that's yeah, amazing. bloody awesome. But yeah, but um, but yeah, just like the amount of people that have come up to me and Sam will message me and Sam have been like, oh, like I heard your song on Triple J or that's so sick Triple J played it. I think it just legitimizes what you're doing. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's like when Triple J give it the thumbs up, other people are like, oh, it must be good. And then they'll go check it out. Um, but it's also like, I think Triple J is great because like not not many other countries have something that's just so supportive of mm. underground indie music. Like we're really lucky here that we have this thing that your average person actually finds cool to listen to that plugs music that isn't backed by a label necessarily, you know? Like And their track record of being able to find artists through Triple J Unearth. And then, you know, like you think back to like Grinspoon, they won the first yeah won the first Triple J on Earth and like look at them now yeah. like and all these bands that have come through and Triple J just sort of goes oh well we played them and lets them go off on their way and become mega superstars but yeah what you said is so true like they 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 deserve the credit like the, for finding these these artists big time big time I think we, we're really lucky different people have different things to say about what they think about Triple J but in my opinion we're so lucky to have that as unsigned artists and it, it's so accessible. Like you can be someone who creates a song in your bedroom and it can be played on triple J mm. high rotation. That's so cool. <laughs> awesome. Does Sam have a studio at his house? We're actually, it's cool. We're, so we're in this really big um, house full of musos. I think six or seven musos live in it. I think it's six. And oh, we built right. this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And we built this, um, it's like a big, box in our garage it takes up the whole garage and it's almost like a floating studio in there and it's fully soundproof because like we used to jam in the garage but the police got called like maybe three times or something (laughs) so which kind of sucked but we built this soundproof it's kind of like a rehearsal space and also a studio like full studio setup that sam records artists and in and and we write our own songs in as well it's so sick it's so good to have that's so good what there's six or seven people living in this house right now yeah, there's a there's a drummer, there's a saxophone player, me and Sam. There's a girl who sings and plays guitar, and then there's a jazz singer. So when you just get on the terps, do you just all like write songs or like you know do you sh- show ideas to each other? That's so handy. Like I mean, I love writing songs, but I've just got my dog and my partner here. <laughs> so yeah, like, right. that must that must be handy to be able to go. Hey, I wrote this. What do you think of this? Dude, absolutely. It's so handy. And we all play on each other's tracks and all call on each other if people have gigs and, and stuff that they need people to come and play on. Like it's really, really handy having house. And we jam and write songs all the time as well. So it's a cool house. It's really good. I'm jealous. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Um, you were just talking before about new single. So yeah. new music. Um, what's the song called? Are you allowed to say that yet? What's the video gonna look like? 
Are you allowed to do any of this? Oh my gosh, still the same. <laughs> well, you know what? Yes. Like, I, I mean, no one can tell me not to, so might as well. Um, yeah, so the song's called Nobody Loves You When You're Down. And um, it's kind of, we haven't released a song that's like got a, a sadder vote. I feel like all our songs kind, are kind of boppy. So this one's a bit more like, kind of like our ballad in a way, like Juno's version of a ballad. The song is, I won't give too much away, but basically the song is about um, toxic friendships in your life that um, are there when you're feeling well and feeling good. But as soon as you have a bit of a mental problem, like mental issue going on or, or life starts getting bars and maybe you're not as happy as normal, they conveniently disappear. Mm. And that's kind of what the song's about. Um, so yeah, it's called Nobody Loves You When You're Down. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. We also have a feature on it. I won't say who, but it's that's another exciting thing because you haven't done that yet either. All right, we'll keep that part secret. So <laughs> this song, obviously it's come from a personal experience of your, of your own. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think it's quite a relatable thing. I'm sure most people have had experiences like that, but I've definitely had friendships in my life where, um, you know, the the first ones to call and be like, hey, do you want to hang out? Do you want to go party? Do you want to go blah, blah, blah? And then, you know, you maybe seem a little bit more distant or you, you're not replying as quickly and, you know, there's clearly something up or they've asked you and you've been like, yeah, um, I'm kind of going through some stuff at the moment and they just are nowhere to be found and, you know, as opposed to a friend who's like, okay, well, I'm coming over and we're going to chat about this or give you a call straight away. And luckily I feel like I've got a few friendships that are like that now, but there was a period of time, um, even just like a couple of years ago where I just felt like all the friends that I had in my circle were, yeah, just there for the highs and weren't true friends, I guess. Yeah. You got to get rid of those people. (laughs) Big time. Big time. That's too short. What does songwriting do for you? Does it sort of take a bit of the weight off the shoulders or, or of what you're feeling or, or, you know, is that, is that what songwriting does for you? Definitely. Yeah. Ever since I was little, it, it was like this incredible therapy that I could take something, especially something bad that's happened in my life or something traumatic or, 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 or really difficult and turn it into something beautiful or be able to share it, but not necessarily have to talk about it. But I, I don't know. There's something about writing about it and singing about it that feels more cathartic, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, when I was younger, it was more of a case of just being able to like write about boys and then like put very specific details in there so that the boy would know that I was singing about them. <laughs> and like, that was kind of the vibe. I think it's yeah. less of a thing now, obviously, but I think just being able to share songs about life and make them sound beautiful is just a therapy joke for me. Well said. Hmm. Um, I was looking at one of the videos or one of the shorts that you guys did and uh, I'm guessing you do a bit of wedding work on the side. And I think you were like, put on one of our songs and see if anyone notices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love that because it's like you can get like a real reaction, an immediate reaction to see what your song can do. And how did that go down? Bro, yeah, I do that all the time. Honestly, you should go as well. I don't I don't always put it, I mean, I'm, it's very rare I would put it in a DJ set because, you know, obviously everyone just wants to hear like a G6 and I'll probably kill the vibe <laughs> by putting anything else on. But, yeah, I definitely throw my songs in there all the time. Um, and people, people seem to vibe with it. There's some new songs that we're releasing towards the end of the year that are a little bit more like, like DJ dance floor vibes and I definitely want to test it out when those ones come out because I feel like I feel like it could be a vibe 
you can learn so much in those scenarios. I used to do the weddings and stuff, like I do okay. acoustic stuff. You learn so much from the crowd. What do they enjoy? What sort of songs do they like? What sort of beats they like? And then yeah. you can sort of take that back to your bedroom and sort of not steal songs, but know that these sorts of tempos work for a dancing crowd and these ones don't and that sort of thing. I always saw the covers experience as although I was a bit like, oh, I'm playing other people's songs, um, yeah. I, I really learned from it, you know, oh, what, what audience is like and, and that. It, have you done the same thing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's because um, I, I do I do that uh, full-time, like the wedding and yeah. the corporate and the covers thing. And it's obviously not something that I really promote on Juno because that is such an originals project and that's kind of what we put forward. But, like, I feel very lucky to get to do that as a full-time job because, yeah, you're connecting, like, every week, multiple times a week, you're connecting with people, you're performing for them, you're or DJing, like, even just putting music on that they love and you learn to read people and, and see their reactions, like you said, and um, even just testing out new songs, even if it's in a live context and just playing and just seeing what mm. it feels like. And and I've definitely had moments where, as I'm sure I have too, where you've played a song that you've written and people are like, oh, I love that song. What was that? And that's always such a good feeling too. So, yeah, I really, I mean, it's all music as well at the end of the day. it's a, It gets a little bit much sometimes where I'm like, oh, Valerie for the billionth time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, that's a small price to pay, I feel. It could be worse. I've got a Valerie story, actually. My oh, yeah. uh, One of my best mates, uh, it was his Bucks party, and he does the covers show as well as the original thing, you know. Mm. The whole Bucks part, like he hates the song Valerie only because he has to play it so much, you know, wherever that. he I is. So the whole Bucks party, the only song that got played <laughs> on the bus, at the bars, where we went paintball, <laughs> it was Valerie all day long. We just, wherever we were, we had to play it just to. To, to grind just to piss teeth. them off I love that I love that that's so funny yeah it's a good song it's just I understand how it feels it's just I don't know there comes a point where you've heard it too many times and you're like yeah I'm done now <laughs> so show wise you're gonna hit the road in September yeah um this is exciting there's three big dates coming up yeah oh, we're so excited about this because this is our first like proper headline tour we've done a lot of supports and and festivals and stuff but like this is a proper headline of the tour where um we're co-headlining with Rario who's this amazing pop artist and we're playing Melbourne on the first Sydney on the second and Brisbane on the eighth and yeah we're we're prepping the band and, and prepping the whole production now but um we got a lot of surprises up our sleeve like we're gonna put on a good show like I I personally love going to a show that just feels like drama and energy and like just fun so we're doing everything we can to make it something like have moments that people don't expect and make it really epic. I'm very excited. If it's anything like your first show, right? That was a sellout, wasn't it? It was, yeah. But that was back in COVID had just finished. Yeah, it was like way back then. I feel like even even that whole experience was so different to how it is now. Like I feel like we're kind of back to normal now. So I'm just so excited to play like a proper, a proper show. Brilliant. Oh wow. It's been great to have you on the podcast. New song, when's it coming out? Are we allowed to say that? Yes, August 24. Okay. Oh, geez, that's um, kind of soon. That's this month. I know. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for jumping on the Street Press podcast. Had a ball. Thanks for uh, opening up about your songwriting and um, letting us know there's a new track on the way, but uh, can't wait for it. Hopefully Moon Boy gets an extra kick as well. Well, if not, it's a great song. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely chatting and yeah, hopefully we'll run into each other in person sometime soon.
That's Kalia, one half of old pop band Juno. Go and check them out when they're on tour. Friday the 1st of September, they're going to be playing in Collingwood in Victoria at Nighthawks. The following night, Sydney at the Oxford Art Factory. And then the following weekend in Brisbane, Queensland at Stranded Bar. Uh, they are on the serious up. All right, it's time for this. Yes, this is the part of the show where you can write on in. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. You write it. I'll read it out. This one's from Pat. He heard last week's episode. Last week's episode was a lot of fun, I thought. We did a bunch of gig stories. So basically I I asked a bunch of people, um, you know, what's your wildest gig story? And uh, I got I got a huge reaction from that. And uh, so much so that I think I'm going to make another episode of that down the track where I can uh, do everyone else's responses. But, yeah, last week we had a bunch of people write on in. And uh, at the back end of that episode, I was told to listen to a band called Durry from the UK and see if I could get them on the podcast. And uh, I have requested that band. Tim asked if I could get that band on the podcast. And then... Midway through uh, talking about that band and looking at their music videos, I thought that the lead singer looked a bit like Pat, my friend. And Pat listened to the episode and he says, hey, <laughs> have to respectfully disagree. I don't look like the singer of Durry, ha-ha. Um, kind of. But um, the thing that's important is I've asked the singer to come onto the podcast and maybe when I get him on the podcast I can show him a photo of you Pat and ask him if he reckons he looks like you I think that's a good idea (laughs) all right thank you so much for tuning in to the birthday episode there was no cake there was no streamers um maybe next time uh also my band the Rista Kids we are playing our EP release show. It's in September. It's on the 22nd. It's a Friday night. We're playing at the Lincoln Pin in Wooi. Cannot wait for that. The event on Facebook is absolutely going off. I don't know how we're going to fit all those people into a venue that only holds like 80 people, but that will be exciting to see how that works. Uh, If you want to come along, it's free. So uh, you can find the event on Facebook. I'm pretty sure it's public. Um, But until next week, I hope you have a great week. Next week, we'll have someone else on from the industry. Until then, ta-da. Listener.